Welcome back, everyone, to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Appreciate you joining me another day. Uh, Y'all are doing such a great job of helping me get the word out and uh, very encouraged and just appreciate all the support, the comments, the the emails, the donations, uh, the uh, all of it. It's a huge blessing. Uh, let's keep getting the word out on the, about the truth on this subject. Uh, let let us in this generation defeat Zionism. Let's get it out of Baptist churches completely. Uh, it is such a cancer. It, dispensationalism has been a terrible cancer. It needs to go away. And so. Help me make that happen and uh, like and share these videos. Do whatever you have to do to spread the word. It really does mean a lot. So today we are going to uh, look at another allegory type or figure. I've done one of these so far and I intend to do uh, several of these you know, throughout the time I do this podcast. But remember, and I'm going to say this anytime we talk about an allegory. Allegories don't prove anything. Allegories could be icing on the cake. If your doctrine is wrong, who cares what you pull from a story? And it, it is crazy. Some of the allegories I have heard preachers come up with in their own brains that just make no sense. Um, and, you know, and sometimes too, they will even use an allegory to teach something that is true. But it's like, I don't think God intended you to pull that from that scripture. And so, so this is this is an area where I think we need to be very careful, where it needs to be very clear. I mean, there needs to be a lot of coincidences, you know, before I'm going to declare something, an allegory to, that teaches something. But at the same time, there are some allegories in the Bible where, for example, Galatians 4, where Paul literally calls the story of uh, Ishmael and Isaac, an allegory. And we'll talk about that one one of these days. Um, then that is proof. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, wrote that as an example. You better believe all day long we're going to use that one. And we will do a program just on that at some point. But this one we're going to look at today. This is another one. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically use the word allegory, but we are literally going to watch a preacher under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost in the scriptures, use an allegory to teach a truth that is completely contrary to what dispensationalists teach and just happens to line up with exactly what we preach. And so you better believe we're going to use this allegory. I definitely, this isn't something I just came up with myself. No, I stole this from a Holy Ghost filled preacher whose sermon is recorded in the scriptures. So I'm going to use this all day long to prove what I believe because uh, this is definitely appropriate. And so this particular allegory, this is one that originally a dispensationalist used a story about Moses that we're going to look at. I just covered this in my sermon last night, and I wanted to cover this while it was fresh in my mind. But And I, I want to go into a little more detail. But a, a dispensational preacher, he brought up this story one time. And, you know, and he used it to prove a future revival coming for the Jews, a future deliverance coming for Israel. And, you know, and while the way he applied this allegory, you know, made sense, it's like, well, allegories don't prove anything. And so the thing is, it was days later, I was doing my Bible reading and I literally can't, 
noticed, I'd never seen it before, in this sermon that we're going to look at, that the preacher literally used that same story, but he made an application that was completely contrary to what this dispensational preacher taught. And it was exactly what we teach at Liberty Baptist Church. So let's go ahead and we're going to start out by going to the Old Testament and we're going to look at the first part of this story. And then I'm going to kind of tell you the allegory. I'm going to tell you what this symbolizes, where if you've not ever, ever noticed this in the New Testament, you're going to think, ah, you're stretching, you're pushing it. All right. I want dispensationalists to listen to the way I'm going to apply this Old Testament story and, and, and it's going to fit what I believe. And you're going to be like, you're stretching it. You're reading into it. Please accuse me of all those things. Uh, and cause you're, you're going to feel really bad. I wish this was live. So you could be in the live chat saying all this stuff. Uh, cause you're gonna look really bad because I'm going to prove to you from the scriptures that this is an appropriate comparison. So let's read Exodus 2 11 it says, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, then he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said unto, said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedst the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And then we see that Moses goes on and goes into the land of Midian. Here's what we're seeing in this story. We see Moses, when he decides, I want to be a lawgiver and a judge to deliver my people. But Israel rejected Moses as that lawgiver. They rejected him. They thrust him from him, which was a picture of Israel rejecting Christ. And, but then Moses, after he goes in the wilderness for 40 years, he ends up returning. He ends up having a second coming. This time he comes as a deliverer. And so what the dispensationalist told me is that that's exactly what happened with Israel. Just like Israel rejected Moses, but then later he came back as a deliverer. The Jews, they rejected Christ at his first coming. But one of these days, he's coming back as a deliverer. And so all Israel shall be saved. And there's that you know future uh, revival of Israel uh, that the dispensationists all believe in. So that was, the, that was the application he made. Here's the application I'm going to make. Okay. Israel rejecting Moses there uh, when he tried to judge his brethren. That was a picture of Israel rejecting Christ at Mount Sinai. That's what, it, that's, what that's a picture of. And then Jesus Christ comes back. He comes at his coming. He comes as a man in the first century. And they he came as a deliverer. And they also rejected him then as well. And as a result, judgment came on them. Okay? And so just like Israel, they rejected and they rejected Moses twice. When he came the first time as a lawgiver and when he came as a deliverer, they rejected him again. And as a result, they died in the wilderness as a nation. They went into Babylonian captivity. And so Israel, they also rejected Christ 
at Mount Sinai. They rejected Christ at his coming on earth. And as a result, they were destroyed in 70 AD. He said, man, you are really stretching that. Okay. Are, are you sure you want to accuse me of that? Because we, we're about to go to Acts and we're about to watch a, a preacher filled with the Holy Ghost who is going to show this very same thing. So let's go ahead and go to the book of Acts and let's see what Stephen had to say. So Acts 7 verse 20, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit the, his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, your brethren, why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses fled at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. So notice, first, Moses killed an Egyptian that was oppressing these these Hebrews. And then when he came to be a judge, they thrust him from them. God killed the Egyptians. God destroyed Pharaoh and his armies in the Red Sea. After that, he comes on Mount Sinai to give them a law. And Israel rejected him. That was the first rejection. Right? That's exactly what we see in the scripture. So just like Moses killed an Egyptian, then tried to be a judge over them. God killed the Egyptians and tried to be a judge over them. And just like they thrust Moses from them, they also did the same thing with God. That's what we see in the scriptures. And that's what Stephen is illustrating. And so just like Moses came back as a deliverer 40 years later, we see Christ came as a deliverer in the first century. And I can't believe I have to prove that this point, but I do have to prove this point. I will, I will prove that point. The deliverer already came. I, I can't believe we're saying that, but you know what? Dispensationalism has just corrupted the minds of people so bad. And so anyway, let's go ahead and go back to Acts chapter seven, because Stephen goes on with this allegory. And so uh, he talks about the burning bush, but we'll jump to verse 34. It says, and I have seen that, uh, I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Watch this. This is Stephen talking here. This Moses whom they refused saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel, which appeared unto him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses, which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, unto him shall ye hear. Okay, so notice Stephen has shown the same Moses that they thrust from, from them 
came back as a judge and a deliverer. And that, that's what he's showing here. And then watch this. And this is another verse that just messes with dispensationalism so bad. It says, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles give, uh, to give to, uh, unto us, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them. That's the same thing he said about Moses. They thrust him from him. They, they thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us, for as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in the work of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, have ye offered me slain beasts and sacrifice by the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion which he had seen. And so we'll stop reading right there. So notice exactly what happened. So we have the first rejection of Moses when he tried to judge his brethren after he smote the Egyptian. We have a second rejection of Moses after they come out of the wilderness when they decided to start serving other gods. Same thing happened with Israel. We have a first rejection with to Christ, the one who was in the church in the wilderness. They rejected. They rejected him. They made gods of gold. They made idols. They went against the things of the covenant. And according to uh, Stephen, because of what they did, they went into Babylonian captivity as a result. That, that's that judgment that came. And so just like that generation rejected Moses twice, Israel rejected Christ twice. They rejected him on Mount Sinai. They rejected him at his coming to earth as a man. And as, and as a result of that, you know what they did? Just like they made a golden calf back then, you know, they took up uh, the star of their God, Remphan. That's exactly what the Israelis have done today. That's what the, the unbelieving Jews, the apostate Jews, the ones who rejected their Messiah, the ones who refused to follow Jesus Christ, what have they done? Now they follow the Babylonian Talmud. They fly the star of Remphan. They just call it the star of David. And so just like as a result of the two rejections of Moses, they ended up going into the Babylonian captivity. As a result of them rejecting Christ twice, what happened? They ended up getting destroyed by the Romans. They had that destruction that came on them. And so understand, Jesus came first as a lawgiver on Mount Sinai and he gave the law. He came the second time as a deliverer. That's exactly what we are seeing too when we go to, and this is what I covered last night. I would encourage people to go listen to my sermon on Matthew chapter five last night. In the book of Matthew, we are seeing a retelling of the story of Israel, but with Jesus Christ as the main figure. We have 
Just like Israel came out of Egypt, Jesus came out of Egypt. And it said, out of Egypt have I called my son. Just like according to what Paul said to the Corinthians, Israel was baptized in the sea when they passed through the Red Sea, we have the baptism of Christ. And Paul said about Israel, with them God was not well pleased. With Jesus said, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Just as Israel was tempted in the wilderness and failed all of their temptations, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and he passed all of those temptations. And so what we see too in, in uh, Deuteronomy, it refers to the time when God came down on Mount Sinai and the people said, they, they told Moses not to let God speak. They didn't want to hear his voice. They couldn't handle it. It scared them. And God said, they have well spoken that which they've spoken. And he said, I will raise up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto you, Moses, and unto him shall they hearken. And so just like God came down on that mount and gave them a law, but God had to tell them, don't you dare come up to this mountain. And, he, and, and uh, Jesus came to a mountain in that Sermon on the Mount. And you know what he did? He spoke all of the things that God commanded him to speak. And just like Israel rejected Christ, the one who was with the church in the wilderness when he came down on Mount Sinai, they rejected him when he came as a man, when he made himself a little lower than the angels, when he took on him the seed of Abraham, they rejected him then. They rejected his words. They were astonished at his words at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It says that because he spoke as one having authority. I wonder why he did that. I'll tell you why, because he was the same one who came down on Mount Sinai. He was the one. He was speaking all the things that the father had commanded him to speak. And so he did teach as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. And so as a result of their rejection, you know what they had? They had judgment. And so you say, well, what about all, all the promises? Just like there was a remnant that made it through the wilderness. You have Joshua and Caleb. Understand too, there was a remnant who were of faith at Christ's coming in the first century. There, there were a remnant. There were thousands of Jews that got saved at Pentecost and they were spared the judgment. But that generation that didn't believe, they were destroyed, they were wiped out. That physical nation was destroyed. And folks, there is no future revival prophesied for Israel. The things that people are bringing up are things that have already been filled. Acts 3.26 says, Unto you first, God having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning every one of you from his iniquities. Jesus did that on the cross. I don't know what more people are looking for. No, God has to keep his promise to Israel. He did keep his promise to Israel. He came as a deliverer. He paid for their sins. They're the ones that have rejected that. The remnant didn't reject. The remnant believed but the nation as a whole rejected and the nation was destroyed. The nation did not come back in 1948. I've already covered this in other programs. You cannot make a connection. There is no biblical connection. There is no connection to the Israel of today, to the Israel of 70 AD that was destroyed. There's no, there's no connection. You can maybe make a spiritual connection, but that's very negative because we saw how God felt about them and, and what he did to them. So either way, you know, when it comes to these things, uh, these don't prove doctrine, but understand Jesus already came as a deliverer. Stop letting people butcher 
Romans chapter 11. They'll go to Romans 11, 26. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Acts 3 already shows that already happened. Jesus already did that. He did that at the cross. And so they can, all Israel, all those who are truly Israel, all those who are of faith, like explained in Romans 9 through 11, everybody just wants to isolate that one verse. They will be saved. They are saved. And so everybody just needs to understand the prophecies for Israel have been fulfilled. They've been fulfilled. The Israel of today is not connected to the Israel of the Bible. And, uh, and we need to stop letting people deceive us with these things. So anyway, just one more thing to just put in your arsenal of ammo against the dispensational crowd. Just like Moses was rejected twice and, the, and Israel suffered as a result of it, they've already rejected Christ twice. According to Stephen, first in the wilderness, second time they did it at his coming, he already came as a deliverer. And now is the day of salvation. You must be born again. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no future um, salvation coming for an ethnicity that is heresy, that is false doctrine, that is misleading. And that is most, that it is, that is, you know, the wickedness of that teaching is mainly harmful to professing Jews because you're giving these people a false assurance, claiming they have some kind of special covenant, claim they have some kind of special promises and blessings coming to them when they don't. You're wrong. You're wrong and your ignorance is dangerous and it is harmful to people who claim to be Jewish. Shame on you. Get over it. Dump that bad teaching. So anyway, I hope this was helpful uh, to you today. Make sure you join us tomorrow. I'm going to have Pastor Obi on the program and interesting discussion about the seven seals of Revelation. I know you're going to enjoy that. And uh, we should have some exciting stuff coming up next week and have a, a lot of guests for next week talking about the new Old Paths Conference that's coming up in January at Revival Baptist in Florida. So make sure you check those out. You're not going to want to miss it. So thank you so much for watching this. God bless you. We'll see you all next time.